spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We're your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. Fellow history weirdos, welcome to episode number 48 of the History for Weirdos podcast. A little late, but we're here. A little late, but we're here. We're sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen, but I have been working for the past like 14 days straight in my job. Like last weekend, like all Saturday, all Sunday. Yeah. I was just working, so... He's not exaggerating. He's been working every day from like 6 a.m. until like 9 p.m., so... We just didn't have, Andrew didn't have capacity really to record an episode to have it to you all on Monday, but we miss making the episode. We really appreciate everyone's patience. And again, because Andrew's been working for 14 days straight, I am actually doing this week's episode yet again. Thank you so much. Of course. It's usually me covering for you. I feel like this is the first (laughs) time you're doing it for me and I I feel honored. Yeah. (laughs) I think you're right. But I'm very happy to do it. Glad we've got each other's backs. Always. Yeah, and we can share weird stories together. But before we even get started, I want to thank the comments that we got from the last episode on The Fifth Beetle. (laughs) We got lots of lovely comments. You all are down for us to be Sgt. Pepper for Halloween. So I guess it's happening. So it's totally happening. We already identified I'm going to be Ringo, Andrew's going to be Paul, and then we're going to get two friends to be John and George. Yeah. And if we can't find two friends to be John and George, then these are not our true friends and we need to scrap all our friends and get (laughs) new friends anyway. (laughs) I'm sure like all our friends listen to this, they're like, wow, thanks. That's really nice. Well, they better step up. Step up. To be Sergeant Pepper. To the streets. Yeah, to the streets too. (laughs) <laughs> oh, and of course, guys, our 50th episode yes. is only a few weeks away now. So, mm-hmm. you guys, I've we've gotten a ton of questions, but, you know, we you have, you have even more. Yeah. We, we have capacity for more still. Yeah, let us know. Leave a comment on um, our latest post. If you have an additional question for our Ask Us Anything 50th special We've got some good ones, though. We're, yeah, we I'm a, really excited. I know. We have quite a few. Um, yeah, and th- these were, like, some of like some questions are, like, you know, like, oh, we were probably expecting them, and some are just completely out of left field. So I really like that. It's a nice mix. It's a great mix. And without further ado, It I is will, your turn. Yeah, again. I'm going to regale us what with a, nice. a tale. Absolutely. So today's episode has some bizarre fairy tale vibes. I love it. it already. Yes. But I think actually some of the parts that makes it the most interesting to me are the 
theories about what actually happened in this fairy tale like story. Oh my god, this mm-hmm. is already like my mind's being blown. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna be sharing the the tale of the Green Children of Woolpit, England. The Green Children. The Green Children. Like Martians. Yeah, it comes up. Oh, You'll see. snap. Mm-hmm. So first, let me give us all some background before I tell us about these green kiddos. <laughs> these green kiddos. <laughs> in England. Um, Woolpit is a village in the English county of Suffolk. So this is midway between the towns of Bury St. Edmunds and Stowmarket for our UK listeners or people who know where that is. Yeah, because um, we certainly do not. No idea where that is, but it sounded professional if I mentioned it. Very. In 2011, this is so cute, Woolpit Parish had a population of 1,995 people. Oh my goodness, it's a very small town then. So small. So there's a parish. It's so oh, cute. Man. I'm it's so a, sorry. It's actually like a village, I think is what it's still referred to. Mm, so it like literally is a village. It's so cute, yeah. Um, so I'm sure it's very charming, and weird things happen there. So we will get into that. Oh snap! First, I re- I thought you would like this. Yeah. It's a little bit of. Is it etymology? That is the study of like where words come from. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. It's a little bit of <laughs> etymology. That's probably wrong for all of us here. But I thought this was really interesting. The village's name was first recorded in the 10th century as W in the English alphabet, W-L-P-I-T, and later as W-L-F-P-E-T-A. And I was like, what the heck? And this, these two spellings derive from Old English, wolf pit, meaning pit for trapping wolves. So wool pit was originally at some point in Old English, wolf pit. Wow. And it just over. I just find that so fascinating how words evolve and change over time. Yeah. And like you, if you hear about, oh yeah, I live in the village of Wool Pit. The last thing you're thinking about is wolves. Yeah, like trapping wolves. Yeah. Pit. Uh huh. Like that's so ridiculous. Super random. And I was also curious. I was like to learn more about wolf pits because I was like, wait, is that what it sounds like? Oh no. It is what it sounds like. No, I don't like it. Yeah, wolf pits or trapping pits are deep pits dug into the ground or built out of stone in order to trap animals. And what was really interesting about this is that European cave paintings reveal that animals were hunted this way since the Stone Age. Oh my god. Like, wolf pits are depicted in cave paintings. Wow. Which is so nuts to think about. These pits typically measure like 13 feet by 23 feet in size. Oh my god, they're pretty big. They're big, yeah. I looked up pictures, I can post one. They're very big. Um, And up to several feet deep. And they're obviously typically camouflaged with branches and leaves. And it's just this like big stone drop, basically, that the animal will fall into. Um, and then they can't get back out of. Oh. And then I don't know what happens. We don't need to know what happens after that. Nothing. It just, you know, that's it. The that's animal's happy in its new home. Yeah. And it lives a, a good full life in the wolf pit. Absolutely. It's just domesticated at that point. Instant domestication. Instant domestication. Finds a new human best friend. It's lovely. They go on adventures together. Yes, I think that's what happens. Okay. But amazingly, you can still see these in Europe, but primarily in northern Scandinavia. You can find these like Stone Age era wolf pits. (laughs) That's so insane. Like if you're just walking around in a forest and there's like this big stone hole in the ground, that's what that is. 
It's like from before civilization. Yeah. That's crazy. It's so nuts. So those were some tangents to give us some background. That's a great tangent, though. <laughs> um, and now I'm actually going to get to the story that okay. I'm supposed to tell for this episode. That was a great tangent, though. I mean, I could talk about wolf pits now, I think, for at least the next 30 minutes. Amazing. That's why we're married. <laughs> yeah. So one day during harvest time in Woolpit, during the reign of King Stephan in the 12th century. Oh, wow. Okay. We think in the reign of King Stephan. It's a guesstimate. King Stephan reigned from 1135 to 1154. Mm-hmm. Could be earlier, though, that this story took place because people back then were like me and couldn't tell time. Right. Um, a reaper from the village discovered two children, a brother and a sister, hanging out in the woods beside a wolf pit. Hmm. So, by the way, what is a reaper? Good question. A reaper is someone who um, reaps in the fields for farmers. So now, uh, I think after this, we we use like, or we, (laughs) farmers use (laughs) animals to reap. Um, it's essentially oh, like to, to till like harvest, the soil? yeah, to till the soil. It's farming words. I didn't. I don't know past that. Um, and now there are uh, machines that do it, so that's yeah. why we don't meet people that are reapers. Right. Exactly. That was embarrassing. Good stuff. Good stuff, babe. <laughs> Good stuff. So this reaper guy, yeah. which just it sounds creepy because it sounds like Grim Reaper, and that's why I chose to keep the word in there, even though I wasn't sure what it meant. Gotcha. Um, he's just walking in the woods during harvest time, as one does, and he meets these. Two little kids next to a wolf pit, and apparently their skin was green. Hence the green children. They spoke an unknown and strange, you know, in quote, strange language, and their clothing was completely unfamiliar to anyone. Like, no one had seen clothing like this before. The children were then taken to the home of, like, the local... Like, magistrate? No, like, yeah, maybe, like, the local, like, um... High, you know, highest born person, pretty much like the yeah. local wealthy person, the local nobility. That's the word. Gotcha. Okay. Um, of Richard de Calmy. Um, they were like, I guess we'll take them to him. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take these green kids to Richard. He'll know what to do. Oh yeah, he must be Norman. Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah. Yes, this area was Norman. Yeah. Um, especially what was especially strange is that the two kids looked like they hadn't really eaten. Um, and they refused food for oh. several days. Oh my god! Until they came across some raw broad beans, which is just a type of like lima bean, mm-hmm. and they immediately started eating these like raw beans that they found in a garden. Oh wow! And that was all they wanted to eat for a little while. This is weird. Okay. Yeah, and then the children gradually adapted to eating like quote unquote normal food again as the adults like coerced them to do so. Um, and in time, upon eating normal food again like a a fully balanced diet is what i mean their their skin did lose its green color wow so of course (laughs) because what else would you do when you find green kids in the forest the decalmi household really prioritized baptizing two of these these two kids of course even though these kids didn't speak english they didn't know where they were from they didn't know why they were green they're like you know what we should do we should baptize them right absolutely um and so that happened immediately, and eventually they did learn English, but the timeline on this isn't clear. 
as to when they started to learn English and when they were able to start recounting their story. It was really jumbled when I was doing the research. But what was eventually discovered from their ability to um, develop English language skills is that the brother and sister could not account for how they got to Woolpit. They were like, we don't know how we got here. Um, they reported that they had been herding their father's cattle when they heard a loud noise and suddenly found themselves by that wolf pit where they were found in the forest. Oh my God. Both of them. Mm-hmm. So the boy was the younger of the two, or at mm. least they thought so. He actually became sick. Um, he didn't ever fully recuperate from, I think, malnourishment and died shortly after the baptism. Oh, I know. It was so sad. And it, they don't know how old he was or anything. Right. Um, or his name. But then the the girl does survive, and her English continues to develop, and she really um, is able to articulate more about what happened. She explained mm-hmm. that they came from a land where, for her, the sun never shone, and the light was always like twilight. Um, oh, my God. And she said that their home was St. Martin's, and that everything there was always green. This is what the, the little girl tells everyone. Oh my god, okay. This sounds incredibly fantastical. Right? So according to later research, it appears that this girl is eventually given the name Agnes, or maybe she was able to communicate, this is my name, Agnes, but mm-hmm. she is documented as being a servant in Richard DeCalney's household mm-hmm. and was employed there for many years and goes by the name Agnes. And according to some of the folklore sources of this, um, she was considered to be, quote, very wanton and impudent, which means very sexually unrestrained and disrespectful, (laughs) which probably means she was just a woman with, you know, opinions or something, or maybe (laughs) maybe she learned how to read and do math. Right. And they were not down with that 12th century. That's not, not chill. That's not chill. Um, she eventually married a royal officer, royal army officer, mm-hmm. whatever. She okay. marries like a military man named Richard Barr, and the two move about 40 miles away from Woolpit to another town. Oh, okay. And that's all that's known about the rest of her life. Oh, wow. She gets married, she moves away, and that, that's it. That's um, it. Oh, so wow. the accounts cited that tell this tale are primarily from two sources. One is William... Uh, New Burr's Historia Rerum Anglicarum. Sorry, oh, so it's, it's Latin. Yeah, it's Latin, yeah. Which was published in about 1189. They're not 100% sure. And mm-hmm. Ralph Colgashal's Chronicum Anglicanum, written in 1220. Oh, wow. Okay, so both, like, definitely well after the fact. Well after the fact, so... That's part of why, obviously, so much of the information is, like, choppy and weird, but the story persisted enough that they, both of these um, historians, heard about it and documented it in the local history. So what actually happened? Oh, this is what we wanted to hear. There's two schools of thought when it comes to this story. One of them's going to be aliens. Yeah. So... (laughs) (laughs) One school of thought is that this narrative is pure folklore. That it's just like a made-up legend of the town, basically. That's actually describing an encounter with either fairies or aliens. Mm. 
Um, so right. basically this idea is that it's all made up. There were never any green kids, but I bet the ancient mm-hmm. aliens guy would be really down to hear oh, about this. If the he ancient hasn't. aliens guy. Yeah. The aliens. <laughs> yeah. If he hasn't already, because if it is a story about aliens, how interesting. Right. How would they even think about aliens? Right. Exactly. In the 12th century. Yeah. In this little village of Woolpit. So I think that's interesting, but... The second theory is actually made up of several real-world explanations for what could have happened to these children and how they very mysteriously came about. So you're saying probably more likely, but less fun. Less fun than aliens, but probably more likely, yes. Okay. (laughs) Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So when we're looking at this story, first question is where did the kids come from? Yeah. So during the 12th century... There were many Flemish immigrants in England, mm-hmm. um, and it's believed that maybe the children were the children of Flemish immigrants or Flemish immigrants themselves, so this means from Belgium, right? whose parents were executed during a battle at Fornham, and For- Fornham is near um, a place called St. Martin, Oh, which is what the that would explain that referred to, and this... Uh, battle occurred in 1173. So again, that's another thing is like, we don't know exactly when these kids were found. So it can't be really precisely determined. Like would right. this battle account for? Cause this battle would, sounds like it happened roughly like 20 years after the reign of King Stephen. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, this was gosh, one of the Henry's I looked up the battle, but it was super boring to be honest. Wow. babe. <laughs> It's probably an early one. It was, one it was the, definitely earlier than the fifth. It was an early Henry, and essentially, this is what I gleaned. I did not write any of this down. This is just from my memory. One of the early Henrys had three sons. His youngest son was whining that he didn't get enough cool stuff, so he was like, I'll get you this chunk of land. And the people who lived there were like, no, we live here. Yeah. And then so they rebelled, and then the royal army like decimates them. Sounds... Sounds fun. Yeah, so I was like, that's not interesting. I won't put it in my notes, but here I am recounting the tale. (laughs) However, something that would be weird about this theory, about where they came from, um, weirder than the timeline, because that could be, sure, they messed up the dates or whatever, is that how would no one know, if the Flemish immigrants were so common, how would no one know what that sounded like? Or like what their clothing looked like? Maybe... I mean, people's worlds were so small back then that, like, maybe, like, Woolpit, if it was a small, like, little town, little village, like, maybe they just knew very little outside that, and there just weren't a lot of Flemish immigrants to that particular little area. Yeah, maybe. That's the only thing I can think of. Mm-hmm. So then, remember the loud noise that the kids heard? Yes. Cannon fire? Or is there even cannons? Oh, well, the... Theory... No, there wouldn't even be cannons at this point time. Oh, no, you're right. There wouldn't even be cannons. Yeah. The theory is that that could be because of a church in Woolpit, which often rang very loud bells, like notably Mm. loud bells, that might have led the orphans to the town. Mm. It turns out that Woolpit and Forham, St. Martin area, aren't that far away from each other. Okay. According to Google Maps, because I looked it up, the distance is 11 miles, and that would be a three-hour walk. Or a 12-minute car ride today. <laughs> so they didn't drive, but that, that would be a, a pretty long walk for two little kids. But the theory is that this 
big battle slash just like mass execution starts happening and the kids kind of run. Yeah. And they're just running in the woods and they eventually hear these really loud church bells and they just go in that direction and end up by the wolf pit outside of town. That's a good point too. Are you following so far? Yeah, I'm following so far. That makes that kind of, that's plausible at the very least. I also do think nothing about this was discussed in the articles that I found, but if they witnessed something that awful, it would account for gaps in memory too. Right. It would be a really normal trauma response, especially for kids, for them to be like, we were just with our dad, you know, and his cattle, and then all of a sudden we were here. We don't remember. Kind of oh, the the therapist comes out. <laughs> the therapist <laughs> rears her head. Because that, that, that just sounds like very probable to me. Yeah. Um, so then why were they green, you may ask? Anemia? Yes. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. Yes. So if they were wandering around the forest without care, and who knows, maybe, right, That, like I said, that's a, an 11-mile walk three hours probably longer for little kids maybe it wasn't even like within the same day could have taken them days to wander over to Woolpit. we don't know so if they were malnourished they could have developed what is called hypochromic anemia which is also known Mm. as chlorosis and this can turn the skin green oh or arsenic poisoning (gasps) so snap a little a little bit of arsenic poisoning over time so if it's in a water source or if someone is poisoning you slowly mm-hmm. can cause the skin to thicken and change color oh wow yeah i had no idea so it could have been maybe the kids found uh, a water source that had arsenic again during this kind of almost fugue state that they had and developed the green skin or they just developed anemia from not being able to eat maybe they ate a bunch of those beans in the forest like, that was the only thing they felt was safe to eat. So then when they saw them again in the town, they were like, oh, yeah, this is what we eat. Right. Exactly. Really strange. That's very strange, though. I'm not going to lie. It's still very odd. Yeah. And also, the one thing that doesn't make any sense is the, the constant twilight. Unless mm. they're just saying, like, during the day, it's like, it's England is dreary. The, the sun never shines. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which is just all of England. Yeah, exactly. And maybe, and yeah, you're right. Sorry, our English listeners. We're not trying to make fun of you. We're just from Southern California, so it's... it's, Mm -hmm. We've been to England once, and it was a lot less sunny (laughs) than it is here. Um, Same with Ireland, a lot less sunny. But both of these places... Are very green. Are very green in comparison. And that is something she described their home as, as being very green. That's true. So, who knows? So this... The legacy of this story has fascinated people for generations, obviously. The town of Woolpit is still known for being the place of the mysterious green children. And there's little nods of this legend depicted in the town. I, I found a photo of like a cast iron sign for the town where it's these two little kids and a wolf, which is oh, really cute. That's cute. Um, and I'll post a picture of that as well. There are also ret- like several retellings of this story because it just sounds like such a fairy tale. One of the more famous ones is Herbert Reed's uh, The Green Child, which came out in 1935. Oh, snap. He was a very famous English poet and philosopher, and this was a big hit at the time. And then there's Kevin Crossley Holland's children's story, The Green Children, which came out in 1966. And later, a children's opera... I knew it was going to be good because you were like, you're like, 
literally like this is ridiculous. It was an opera based off the the children's book. What? Why? Well, yeah, that is I agree. Why? That may be the weirdest part of this whole episode. Why would you make an opera based off little green kids? That's weird. Like even by our standards, that's pretty weird. Yeah. Um and so Whilst this was short, I thought it was fascinating. And that is the story of the Green Children of Woolpit. Well, thank you for covering my butt this week. I really (laughs) appreciate it. And that was very fascinating, really weird, and awesome. Kind of perfect for a podcast called History for Weirdos, right? It was a really weird story. There you go. Yeah. Who would have thought? And I'll just share my sources really quick. Um, One was from History of Yesterday, a website. Mm Mm-hmm. They had an article written by Alexander Young. Mental Floss had a really good article written by Caitlin Schneider. And then I found this story on one of those Ranker listicles. Oh, like nice. The, I was like, what is this? And that was written by Lauren Glenn. And then, of course, Wikipedia filled in the gaps and gave me a lot of really interesting information on what wolf pits are. Yes. <laughs> of course. I already forgot that was like the, part, the first part of this episode. It was just about wolf pits. That would be a good band name. Wolf Pit. That is a great band name. Don't right? steal it, weirdos. Or or be super famous and then just give and, us cred. And let us come to your show and hang out backstage. Yeah, and we can record a podcast. Yeah, that would be really cool. This podcast. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed that. I did. Thank you so much. Uh, and now I know that Wolf Pits were a thing from the Stone Age. And did it say Neolithic, Paleolithic? Oh, no idea. I was like, Stone Age? That sounds good to me. Yeah, I mean, prehistory, basically. Prehistory. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. That is nuts. Well, anyways, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much again. That was really, really weird. I actually really like that story. Of course. And thank you for listening, weirdos. As always, you know where to find us. Uh, tell them, babe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's on me. So, <laughs> at History for Weirdos on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Of course, drop us a comment. Give us a, uh, a DM if you want, quite, if you want like, give us an idea for a next episode yeah. or a question for our AUA. Yes. Also, you can reach us at historyforweirdos at gmail.com. And that's it. That's it. Until next time, weirdos, thank you so much for listening. Adios. Adios.